I saw the results of a survey or, or some research lately that said something to the effect that lawyers as a whole tend to be or rank more unhappy or more negative than the general population. Now, being a lawyer myself, I can confirm that to be the case. By and large, lawyers tend to be unhappy. For the longest time, I was unhappy with myself, my law practice, with my life, really. But that has changed. I am no longer a pessimist masquerading as a realist. I am now an optimist and have positive thoughts and emotions throughout my day. Because I discovered the secret to being happy. And in this episode, I'm going to share with you the secret I discovered that you can immediately implement in your life so that you too can be happier. Stay tuned. I'm Brad Miller, and this podcast will help you transform your law practice through deliberate design, core business competency, mental mastery, and powerful positioning so that you can have a practice that gives you the life you want, not a life that is the mercy of your practice. If you want to stop struggling, spend more time with your family, live a life of abundance, and make a difference in the lives of your clients, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the New Modern Lawyer Podcast. Happiness is something that I've been thinking about for quite a few years. I suppose the issue first came to my attention early on in my law practice uh, when I would wake up dreading having to go to court that morning. They would have maybe an arraignment or a pretrial schedule. I was, I was doing some criminal work early in my practice, and I wouldn't want to get out of bed. Like I'd begrudgingly get up and go through my morning routine of getting in the shower and getting dressed and eating breakfast and all that. And then I would drive to the courthouse, and, and I'd go through all my responsibilities to my client, but my heart wasn't really into it. And really, I was just trying to kind of get out of there as fast as I could. Now, in hindsight, there is a lot of negative energy at the courthouse to wade through. And undoubtedly, that contributed somewhat to me wanting to get out as quickly as possible. But I started my morning in a bad mood. So there had to be something else at play, why I was unhappy, why I dreaded going to the court in the morning like that. And it has taken me ever since then, somewhere near probably 10 years now. But... I finally cracked it. I know the secret to happiness. And I'm super excited to be able to share it with you on this podcast episode. Because if you were like many lawyers, heck, I would even venture to say most lawyers, you probably feel unhappy at some point throughout your day, pretty much every day, in fact. Whether it's in your law practice, in your relationships, with yourself, or with your life circumstances. Now, the secret that I discovered will help you to eliminate all that unhappiness for your life. But before I tell you the secret, I do need to put my lawyer hat on for a moment and give this a disclaimer here. Because I know that many of you out there listening to this, you may suffer from things like depression, chemical imbalances, or some other biological issues that are causing you to be unhappy. And those are separate issues. And the secret I'm going, to be able, I'm going to share with you today will not get rid of those things. It might help them, but those are all you know pharmacological and the like, and, and those should be handled accordingly. But for the rest of you, when it just comes to general unhappiness, what I'm about to tell you will change your life. I mean, I know it did for me. It turned me from a, a pessimist in denial 
to an optimist. I now open my eyes each morning looking forward to the new day rather than dreading having to leave my bed. And it is so powerful that it can have the same impact on you too. Okay, now, are you ready? Are you ready to learn the secret to happiness in your life? Here it is. The secret to happiness, the secret to being happy is to be happy. That's it. The secret to being happy is to be happy. Very simple. To be happy, you need to be happy. And I could leave it at that because that truly that is all there is to it. But my audience listening today, you are made primarily up of lawyers And being one myself, I know that we don't like things that are simple. We love to break things down into parts and subparts and uh, sub-subparts and making them really complex, oftentimes more so than need to be. So, because of that, let me give you some factors or principles or whatever you want to call them to help your lawyer mind feel like you're getting your money's worth from this episode today. Okay, so first principle or factor or whatever you want to call it is that your thoughts cause your feelings. Every emotion that you experience originates from a thought. Whether that emotion is positive or high vibrational like joy, gratitude, peace of mind, or if that emotion is negative and low vibrational like anger, resentment, guilt, fear, the first thing that you have happen is that there's a thought. And typically, you don't realize when this is happening. I mean, this goes so fast, you know, hundreds or whatever of a second, however fast that your neurons can transmit these things in your brain and synapses and all that. The first thing you do before you have an emotion is you have a thought, and then you have the emotion. So let's say that you are, you find yourself in a pit. And in this pit, there you are surrounded by snakes, poisonous snakes, cobras, whatever you want, whatever you want to be. Or maybe let's just say that you are walking in the woods or something, going taking for a walk, and you run across a snake. The first thing is that they have to have a thought that hey, that's a snake, okay? And then inside your head, you have to make the association of snake. And, and fear of some sort. So maybe you've seen too many scary movies about snakes. And so you have a fear of, of snakes because of that. Maybe when you were a child, you got bit or you were startled by a snake. Some a snake maybe came out of a hole near you and you got startled and were frightened or something like that. But first you have to have that negative association with that negative thought. And then, and only then, once you've had that negative thought, will the negative emotion, in this case, fear of the snake, follow. Same thing with the positive stuff. So, let's take a baby, for instance. You go, you know, maybe you uh, run into a a cute baby, someone with a cute baby, and the first thing you think is, oh, that's a baby. And then somehow, in some player in your mind, you make the association of that baby and being maybe cute or cuddleable or maybe reminding you of your own children 
or grandchildren or whatever, you know, cousin, nep- or, uh, nieces, nephews, you know, whatever ch- child, whatever children you've had experienced in your life. And you have the association with child and cuteness, cuddleness, happiness, whatever it might be. Those are all thoughts. And it's only once you have those thoughts that it hits that you then come and have those positive emotions that are associated with those thoughts. We start feeling warm and fuzzy. And, you know, you feel the, the joy and all that with having the baby and things around like that. If you're experiencing negative emotions, it's because you're having negative thoughts, which are leading to those negative emotions. Okay. When I was a pessimist in denial, and I called myself back then a realist, um, but it was really pessimist, I always assumed that the worst was going to happen. You know, if I had a motion to submit to a judge... I would go into it expecting to lose it. Like I would be writing it and think I'm going to lose it. I would submit it and, you know, assume I'd lose it. Um, I would look at the opposing party, the opposing counsel's response and assuming that they were right and that I was going to lose the motion and, you know, waiting for the judge to respond and thinking, you know, how long does it take? Should it be faster? Should it be slower? All these things. I would go in expecting to lose it. Okay. You know, that way in my mind, if I was right and I did lose it, then I wouldn't be disappointed, right? And if I was wrong and, and by some miracle the judge granted the motion, we won the motion, then I would be pleasantly surprised, you know? But because I was thinking these negative thoughts all the time, you know, that I was going to lose the motion or that my client would be angry at me or that they wouldn't pay their bills and I wouldn't be able to pay my expenses and things like that. I was always in a negative mood, in a perpetual state of melancholy almost. Now compare that to now. The first thing that I do every morning when I wake up is I write down three things in my life that I'm grateful for. Yeah, yeah, I have a journal and I take it every morning and I write down three different things that I'm grateful for. And then I write down the phrase, how will I help myself today? Because I want to start my day off with these positive thoughts, positive thoughts of gratitude, and positive thoughts of helping and serving others. And these positive thoughts lead to positive moods. And I know this because I actually track this. Um, I've got an app or I use a couple different apps or things like that on my phone. And it asks, how do you feel? You know, it wants you to tell, you know, rate your emotion. And it usually something like on a scale of like, you know, one to five where one is, you know, feel bad Maybe three in the middle is I just feel okay, and then five is I feel great. You know, and it gives you one through five. You get to choose how you want to feel. And I think in my app, maybe there's like little faces to kind of pick that corresponds to my emotions. But I watch how that I um, am answering that in the mornings. And I find that after I'm doing the gratitude journal and I am focusing on how I'm going to help other people. I'm all pretty much always in a positive mood. The only time I think in the last couple of weeks that I have not been at least feeling good or great a four or five on that is the day that I woke up and then stomach with an upset stomach. And I think on that day I just felt okay or, or something like that. You know, maybe a two never felt, never felt bad never felt one, but every day after I do these things, I feel positive. I feel good. I feel great. And I know it's because I have these positive thoughts. 
and I continue to go through my day. You know, I start it with those positive thoughts, and I continue the rest of my day also having these positive thoughts. If something goes wrong, um, so I it, it is uh, the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I've purchased uh, a gift for my wife, and I have tracking information for it from the company, and it is supposed to have arrived last week. Okay. So the tracking information said it was supposed to arrive on, on on Friday, and I went to the post office or the postal services tracking site and looked it up, and they were like, "Oh yes, you know the expected delivery date is last week on that Friday." Well, it's no longer Friday, and I can tell you that it's still not arrived yet. And I could get really upset and angry that this present, this gift, my wife that I was expecting to arrive last week, hasn't been here yet. You know, something that I want to be able to have and make sure I can put away and get wrapped up and all that kind of stuff for her. But I don't let myself get all worked up with it. I don't let myself get wrapped up in the negative thoughts about it. Instead, I look at the positive. You know, in a case like that, I ask, you know, oh, well, what, you know, what's a big deal? It's a day late. It's two days late. It'll be here for Christmas. Let's say it doesn't get here for Christmas. So what? I I get give it to her, you know, when it gets here. Like it's not a big deal. Um, it's not life or death, you know. And and I do this for everything that happens in my life. And for the bigger things that go wrong, I will ask myself, what lesson is this experience blessing me with? So, anytime something you know maybe negative what happened in my life, a circumstance is negative around me. My question is, what lesson am I being blessed with? What lesson am I here that I can learn and take from this experience? Um, as an example, so last week, actually, I had a closing on a deal of mine. And things have gone pretty smoothly up to the closing. And we get to the closing table, and the I, I represent the seller uh, who's selling their business to another group of individuals, and the buyers come and they have some personal checks. Now, for those of you who don't practice in transactional work and don't deal with this kind of things like that, generally you don't accept personal checks for a purchase like this. Okay, um, for a couple reasons. One of which is that a personal check isn't guaranteed. So they could give you the personal check and say, yep, it's great. And they could turn around and immediately put in a, a stop payment on the check from with their bank. And you try to cash it and the bank re- refuses it. Or there could be no money in their account. You know, maybe there's there could be money now, but maybe there's not money later on the road. You know, checks generally take several days up to a week or two even in some cases to clear. And so, you know... Rather than, you know, that's not something that the buyer wants. The buyer wants the money available right now because the seller, excuse me, the seller wants their money right now, I should say, because the buyer is getting the business right then. You know, when they sign the paperwork, generally they are now the new owners of the business. So the buyer gets something now, the seller should get their money right now. So typically we only accept certified checks, wire transfers, somehow way, you know, that their money's going to be right there and available right away. All that being said, in this case, the buyers came and they had personal checks, which the sellers obviously were like, we're not going to accept that. 
And so we almost had an issue where the buy clients, the sellers walked away. They almost walked away from the deal at the closing table because the buyers didn't have the funds on hand and ready to go for them. And ultimately we got it resolved. But I asked myself, you know, what is the lesson for this? And, you know, there's a couple lessons I could probably take from that. One of which is that every deal, there's always going to be something going to come up. That's going to be a surprise. That's going to throw a wrench in things. And the key is just not to get worried about it, not to get all focused on it and let it really, you know, get to me, get me angry or upset or anything like that. But just kind of roll with it. You know what? Okay, the buyer... Uh, doesn't have all the funds they need today. What could we do? And in, you know, to, and instead, you know, in our case, we worked out something where the we you know we put in a promissory note, and the sellers or um, the seller would agree to that, and then the buyer is going to be giving a certified check in a couple days, and like so, we got it all worked out. You know, it took a little bit of time. I think, um, you know, while we were all sitting there, but we got it worked out. And so one of the lessons was don't let things like that get to you, right? It's a good example of or good. Uh, exercise in patience and just sitting there, maybe coming with some creative thinking of, op, you know, what are some options that would make everybody happy and that we could work with. Um, and also working to, you know, calm my clients down who are all upset and ready to walk out and convince them that, no, no, well, we can work this out. Let's not throw all this away, the months of work, just on this one, one thing that happened. So if you want positive emotions like happiness, then you need to have positive thoughts that cause those emotions, right? I mean, that's that's really key here. All right. Second principle, feeling bad is a choice because you are the thinker of your thoughts, which means that because you were the one thinking your thoughts, you were the one who's responsible for what you think, right? Nobody else thinks for you. Nobody else is making you think something. You know, the thoughts you have, you have chosen to have those thoughts. And that means you can choose to have positive ones or you can choose to have negative thoughts. And because like we just said that your thoughts lead to your feelings, ultimately you are then responsible for your emotions because you're responsible for the thoughts that lead to those emotions. So if you have choose to have negative thoughts, then you're going to have negative emotions. You have by choosing the negative thoughts chosen to have negative feelings, anger, contempt, fear, whatever it might be. You can also choose, though, to have positive thoughts, thoughts of happiness, joy, gratitude, and therefore the corresponding positive emotions that go along with those you're choosing to have as well. Now, this is a really important idea to get your head around because it's so powerful. It means that you have the power to be happy or to be unhappy. When things happen in your life, you get to choose the thoughts you have about them, and therefore the feelings and the emotions that you have about them. The judge denies your emotion. You can have positive or negative thoughts about it. You can get all upset about the judge didn't rule in my favor, and I'm a terrible lawyer, and... I can't write very well. I'm not very um, persuasive when I try to write things or, and all that kind of stuff. Or you can be positive and focus on the fact that, you know, this is still something that's helping your client. 
you have other options or other things out there just because this maybe avenue didn't work out. And it really clarifies something going on in your case now that you know that this is not a path that you're going to be able to take. So now you can focus on some other things that might actually work. It kind of narrows down the options for you instead of spreading yourself so thin over a couple different things, right? When a potential client decides to hire another lawyer, and, and this actually just happened to me last week. Uh, I had a potential client come to me with a deal. They're looking to buy a business. And after talking with them, I gave them a fee proposal. And they came back and said that they just were going to go with another lawyer. I could have gotten really upset about that. I could have had negative thoughts about that. I could have been disappointed. I could have gotten in uh, into my head about, well, maybe I should charge that much. Maybe I should have priced a little bit differently. You know, I get really upset about missing out on, on a client or the work or the money or all that kind of stuff. And then gone into the negative emotions. Or what I did instead is I focused on the positive things that I knew that that client, after talking with them and after the response they gave to my fee proposal, that they were really looking just for the cheapest lawyer. That, you know, the only thing that really mattered at the end of the day to them was whoever had the lowest fee quoted to them. Um, and I will not compete on price. Like I'm not going to compete on price. I kind of specialize. I kind of focus in this area and you're getting the that extra value because of that. So I'm not going to lower my price, um, you know, to, to try to get win clients like that. And so I knew this is not a good client for me. If all they focus on is money about the price they're not really focused on the value to them. It probably wouldn't have been a great experience for me. I wouldn't have been able to give my best work to them. So at the end of the day, it actually worked out for the best for me that I did not get this potential client. You know, And so I was happy. I was positive about that. Would I have liked to have the work? Sure. It sounded like it would have been a fun matter to work on. Would I have liked to have the fee to go with it? Of course. You know, um, But... I didn't get myself in those negative thoughts and the negative emotions, but stayed positive about it. Another example, what about when a viral pandemic comes and let's say you're forced to work at home, you're forced to change the way you practice law, you're no longer able to meet with clients and face-to-face -face and things like that. You can react with positive or negative thoughts with that. And that's going to impact the emotions that come along with that, you know? Because nobody or no thing can make you feel a certain way. Your feelings, because again, the thoughts that lead to those feelings are merely your reaction to, in a person's case, their actions, the statements they make to you, whatever, or with the circumstances you're faced with, you know, maybe a pandemic or something like that that comes up and, and throws a wrench into, you know, what you've... Um, you know, been comfortable with and been used to, whatever. None of that, none of those things, nobody out there, you know, not the, the judge that denied the motion, the, the potential client that decided to hire another lawyer, none of those made me feel a certain way. None of those made me think a certain thing. I am the thinker of my thoughts. I then have power to think positive, negative, and that means I have the, the, the power to give myself or to create those positive and negative feelings and emotions inside me as well. Again, really powerful thing once you really get to understand that concept. Third component 
is that you are where your attention is. As lawyers, we are trained to issue spot. I mean, we're looking to find potential problems with our client's case, with a deal, with the contract, whatever it might be. And then we're, we work to try to avoid or at least mitigate those issues. I mean, probably 75% of what they teach in law school is focusing on issue spotting. At least it was for me anyway. And ultimately, that is a really big part of what our clients hire us to do. They want us to find problems so they can avoid them, right? But with our attention constantly focused on problems in our practices, and, you know, in the work that we do for our clients, we start to see problems in every other areas of our lives. So we see all the problems that there may be between us and maybe our spouse or family members or friends. We start to see all the issues in our law practice or in the marketing that we're trying to do for, you know, or things like that. Now, as an example of this, if you have ever gone car shopping, and I've, it's been a couple of years since I've done this, but if you go car shopping and if you have a specific kind of car that you have in mind, Oftentimes, what will happen is, is that you will start to notice all of the same model of that car on the road. So if you decide that you want a red, you know, you have this great thing, an idea of a red Ferrari. This is the dream car. This is what you've got. This is what you're looking for. You know, this is what's in your head. You will start noticing every single Ferrari that's out there. And you'll be amazed at, and I've done this, again, not with the red Ferrari, but... I've done this when I've been car shopping. Every single type of car, the car that's on the road that's like the kind that I am looking at or thinking about or focusing on, I see them all the time. And it's not that there are more of those type of cars, you know, at that time than there were other times. You know, the, the numbers out there aren't different. They, they don't change. The difference is that our attention is focused on that type of vehicle. And so our mind, our eyes, our brains are looking for that in our, you know, our focus on that and our focus on looking at that in our, in our surroundings. So when we see those cars around the road, normally they are there and we just go right past and we think about it. But because we're focused on them, now our brain says, well, hey, this must be important. We're, we're spending time on this. So then it finds other examples around you of this as well. You know, so that happens with cars. Again, same thing that happens with the problems in your practice. You may have heard the quote. Um, you know, it's it's the uh, the quote from Maslow. It's that if the only tool you have is a hammer, you tend to see every problem as a nail. You know, and oftentimes I think this this quote is used uh, regarding you know different tools and over reliance on things like that. But it also applies to the fact that if all you see out there, if you're spending all day, you know, hammering nails, everything starts to look like a, like a nail to you. You know, even if it's something that is a screw and you can't really hammer in or something that requires a completely different tool, you know, every problem starts to look like a, like a nail to you. Same thing like the car, uh, you know, same thing with the law of practice. You know, this is also why I don't really watch news anymore because uh, news is filled. 90% of what the news is, is negatives. Uh, the other, you know, 10% are, um, 
some sports new some sports things and maybe some maybe some some weather um, and even that a lot of times is is negative um, but that's because negative is what sells negative playing on our fears you know crime in our community and and all this kind of stuff and the terrible things that are going in the economy all that kind of stuff attracts attention it gets eyeballs and so news organizations know that they have to print that stuff that's what's going to get people's attention um, and so, I mean, if you go through, look, watch the newscast the next time the news comes up or go through your newspaper. If you see the big lead stories, the big headlines, everything is going to be negative. Everything is, is trying to attract your eyeballs. And any of the positive stuff is going to be buried further in the news report cast or it's going to be at the back of the paper. Or, you know, it's just a small little blurb or whatever like that to put in there. And if all you see are these negative things in the news, you know, hearing about all the bad things that are happening in the world and all that kind of stuff and and in your community, then that's all you're going to be thinking about. You're going to be so focused on all the negative things that happen around you instead. So I don't watch it. I don't I don't watch the negative stuff. You know, I know that if I spend all my days looking at those things, if I focus on all the problems and all the negative stuff, then that's the mindset that I'm going to take with me. You know, I'm going to be focused all day on those negative things, you know, and and going back to the lawyers, I think this is one reason why we as lawyers tend to be more pessimistic than the rest of the population is because we see problems all the time. Like every deal that we do or every case that we handle is based, you know, generally around problems. Um, and so we see, you know, if 80 percent of the things that we see in the day are 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 problems, then that's what we're going to see in the world around us. And we're going to start to assume that there's all these problems in the world too, because that's all we're noticing. It's what we're focusing on, you know? And I, I think that's also why divorce lawyers tend to have a high rate of divorce. Like you go and you talk to these divorce lawyers um, and compared to other lawyers, I think they tend to have a higher rate um, of divorce because that's what they're around. That's what they see. Um, they see the emotions and negativity, the problems, and they start to bring that into their own relationships. And uh, I think it makes it hard to, um, you know, for them to get away around that and fight for that. Now, on the flip side, though, if you are constantly focused on positive things, on positive thoughts, then that's going to be your primary mindset. And if that's your primary mindset, if you're always thinking positive, it's going to be a lot easier to stay that way. Because again, you're going to find, you're going to be looking all these positive things in the world that you see. And it's also going to be easier to get out of the negative thoughts and emotions that might pop up. You know, because I mean, even I, who, again, by and large, am a very positive person nowadays, I still have negative thoughts and emotions, things come up. You know, um, you know, it, re reacting to things that happen, you know, when the... Um, and that deal I was talking about, when the buyers came and had that personal check, my very first thought was kind of negative, like, huh, they should, you know, they should have known that you can't do that. What are they trying to pull, you know? But because I was so focused on being positive, I was able to quickly get out of those negative thoughts and go to the positive stuff. And surrounding yourself with others who are always happy, have happy thoughts, who are optimists, you know, are positive like that is a really good way to do this and help yourself as well. All right, the last part, the last, you know, whatever you want to call it here, uh, principle or whatever, the last thing here is that happiness and peace of mind is your default setting. We 
us humans are born happy. Think about a baby. And we talked earlier about, you know, that baby that you see, uh, maybe remembering from your, your, um, your child or grandkids or things like that. But when babies are born, they are happy. You know, the only time you get a, a negative emotion, a negative reaction from them is when they're hungry and when they're wet and they need changed. Or if, you know, um, if they hear something, a loud noise or something like that. All, and all of those things are survival-based. You know, they need to make sure they eat. They need to make sure they're, you know, they have, they're being cared for. Um, they're being protected. You know, loud noises. Is it, a, is it a wild animal? You know, survival. All that stuff, you know, other than those few, very few survival-based things, other, you know, most of the time, babies are happy. I've got a new nephew who's, I think, six or seven months old now. And except, ex- again, except when he is basically hungry, wet, whatever, he's happy. He's smiling. He's laughing. You know, he's just staring out and, you know, checking out the world around him and things like that, you know. And, and you know, that's 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 the default. Happiness is the default setting for a baby. Anger, rejection, fears, all these negative things that we experience, you know, as you get older as an adult, those are all things that you've learned mostly as a child, you know, and mostly from your parents as you're being raised and, and also from the circumstances and the, um, the situations around you things. But this means that, you know, because that happiness is a default setting, this is the way that we came. That means that we started as happy and we can get back there. You know, we can, you know, unlearn some of these negative thoughts the angers, the emotion, the fears, rejections, things like that. And again, the way to do this is the things we've talked about, um, you know, for the last, you know, half hour plus here is by having and focusing on happy, positive thoughts. And when you do that, those happy, positive thoughts are going to lead to happy, positive emotions, which will then take you back to that default state of happiness, which again, we're all born with. So, the takeaway, I, I think, is pretty pretty straightforward. It's pretty simple here. Um, you know, I could have, again, I could have just stayed with, you know, kind of led with this, and we could have been done in like two minutes with this podcast episode. But uh, the takeaway is that the way to be happy is to be happy. You know, you are responsible for being happy, and it really is very simple concept um, that if you want to be happy, you need to first be happy. You know, that's it. All right. Hopefully you found this episode beneficial, maybe a little uh, entertaining and enjoyable. Uh, I appreciate you as a listener. Um, I would love and be grateful if you would share this with others uh, and leaving positive comments and reviews wherever you might be listening to this podcast episode. Uh, Again, thank you again for joining me, and I will talk to you, uh, catch you on the next episode.